Hello there and welcome to the Alstein Film Podcast where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. My name is Tom and as always I am joined with my co-host John. G'day, g'day, it's me uh, John here and today we've got a very uh, interesting um, discussion. Um, we do, Yes, we do indeed. I mean, first of all, I uh, just want to say we are recording this uh, in in like a week before we not when we would have recorded it uh i'm going on holiday this next week so so like no bad batch this week unfortunately uh only a little bit of news but cinemas are back and with that we are going to be talking about our favorite cinema experiences we're going to talk top, top yes. five of the best times we've ever sat in a sat in a seat yes. and let and let images on the screen blow our minds Yes, uh, it could be either uh, a bad film or a great film. Even those, it's oh. just, yeah, you know, you know. Yeah. yeah, definitely. There are definitely a couple of bad ones that I that I toyed with, uh, <laughs> films that you know I loved at the cinema, and now I'm like, what, 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 what am I? Th- yeah. What was I thinking? I'm a madman. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 the cinema that really uh, captures. No, it tries to tangles our feelings and then it, it, it's a weird place the cinema and it's just so fascinating uh, fascinating to go you know it's just it just escapes our problems and you know yeah that yeah, yeah. it does i'll get started on a little bit of news um we have some news about the amazon lord of the rings show so yeah this show is going to have a insane budget of half a billion dollars now, um, this is a statement. A billion dollars? Uh, a thousand pounds? Uh, a statement that they yeah. released is, uh, they said, this is a full season of a huge world-building show. The number is a... Okay, this number is... I, I... <laughs> okay, this number is a sexy headline or a crazy headline that's fun to click on, but that's really what the... That, that, that is really building the infrastructure of what will sustain the whole series. So they are definitely spending a lot of money on uh, what it seems kind of developing this uh, this show and this world, which I'm pretty sure is supposed to be coming out sometime this year. Now, we haven't spoken about Lord of the Rings in the pod uh, in depth, but we've definitely touched yeah. upon it a couple of times. What are your thoughts about this show? Um, I'm quite... Uh, I don't know because it's Amazon. Amazon does really good shows. I mean, like Invincible, that's true. Uh, the Boys, yeah, um, many others that I forgot. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but in the past we have the Holy Trilogy, Lord of the Rings, directed oh. by Percy Jackson. Is it Percy Jackson? No, Percy Jackson. What? No, that's a trilogy I want to see. That that would be really cool. No, nope. Peter Jackson. Wait. Peter Jackson. Peter yeah. Jackson. There we go. Right, so <laughs> Peter Jackson. I, I keep those names just get there's so many Jackson. Like you got Henry Jackman. Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> and uh yeah, so I'm pretty looking forward. I, I'm not. Um I don't know. I'm a bit 50-50. I'm just like, really? I mean, there's the holy trilogy of uh Lord of the Rings. And of how course, the Hobbits. Yeah, well, they, how they I mean, I guess that they already kind of tried because they made the Hobbit, and I mean, I think most people agree that the Hobbit doesn't hold a candle to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, if you look at um, 
the hobbit it's it's a fabulous it's a it's a great story um mm. that is stretched from one book into Definitely. three big films you know and- actually um recently i came across a, a fan edit that that condenses the three films into two films um and and yeah i think i'll watch it sometime soon uh, it's by the same person who did the uh clone wars uh, and revenge of the sith fan edit um, and I, I do think that there's a oh, lot right. of really good stuff in The Hobbit. And I think, you know, you could definitely improve yeah. upon it, you know? That's, yeah. And and also, I'm I'm a bit worried, like, how are they going to do it with, like, a TV show? Because, I mean, that's good. Uh, but The Hobbit, I mean, oh, that Lord of the Rings, it's three hours long. And if mm. you want to watch the whole thing, it's 11 hours. So, um, yeah. So I wonder, the characters as well. How are they going to, like, are they going to go from the book or is it going to be on from the films? Well, as I believe it, this is a, this is a show set thousands of years before Lord of the Rings. I, I oh. think it's, it's supposed to be like a prequel about the second age of Middle Earth. So they're going to be taking from the appendices. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's going to be taking from, like, all of Tolkien's notes and, like, his other published works to kind of tell a story, you know, before oh. the main, the main stories that we know. Oh, I thought it was just like another copy. Like you no, know, like... no. I think I think that I think now I'm not sure exactly, but I think that the idea is that it's in the same continuity as the films. You know that they will it will be there because they're they're going to be shooting in New Zealand. Um, oh, you know, right. I, I don't know. I don't know whether they will use the same sets, the same. You know, some. I don't know if they'll use any of the same actors because they they've cast young versions of 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 some ca- uh, characters. Um, but the, but they could be you know bringing back Howard Shaw to do the the music various things oh, like that. If he does, the, I, I'm ooh, glad. I, I'll ooh, be I'll be very happy because ooh, Howard Shaw does he does a masterworks of. Uh, I, let he me does, tell you, that, I mean, there's a song that I really love. Uh, <laughs> it's when uh, when Fro- Frodo uh, meets. Um, oh, I've got a name. Like they go to Elven. I forgot the name. I haven't seen Glad- the film for ages. Galadriel? Yeah, I think so. Like the music yeah. when... When they go to yeah. Lothlorien. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was... That, that, that music. Honestly, he, he provided some amazing stuff. If you've, if you've seen our um, best scores episode, we do a little bit of gushing about Howard Shaw and the Lord of the Rings films. I just oh. see... I think a lot of the reason why The Hobbit wasn't as good was because... I think Peter Jackson was tired. It was the Hobbit was originally going to be Guillermo del Toro. I don't know if you know this, John, but it was what? originally going to be yeah, it was originally going to be del Toro, and a lot of the stuff from the original. That would be really, um, that would be really interesting to see. Right, because... that would have been so cool. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's... Yeah, I'm not sure how much of it he shot. I'm not sure if he shot any of it. It might just be like Edgar Wright with Ant Man. All I know is that it's very he he got quite a fair um, way through. Um, but obviously he dipped for some reason, maybe conflicts of Warner Brothers and, and Peter Jackson. Oh, right. And I think that I think that what the show will benefit from, hopefully, is a different creative voice. You know, at the moment, oh, yeah. the Middle Earth yeah. saga is very much kind of Peter Jackson's baby. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry I'm eating an apple because I want to be healthy. Um, He's a healthy so- boy. Yeah, healthy boy. Apples are good. 
They so it, it's going to be really interesting to see how they're going to do like a backstory or like a, a prologue to Lord of the Rings, and hopefully don't really mess up with uh like with Tolkien's work because it's it's really it's really magical to see like Tolkien's work <laughs> and like if you read like um uh his dictionary like there's a lot of characters and lots of um, places that he created. Like I got, I, I got the dictionary called Tolkien's dictionary. It's just amazing. Yes, I, 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 I remember I, I had that. Well, I took it out of the library in like year seven or something at high school. And I remember seeing there were, there are loads of things from the Hobbit that they took directly from his, you know, Azog the Defiler. He is, a, he is like just plucked straight out of Tolkien's notes. But, you know, I feel like, I feel like they could do loads of cool things with it, with this show, as long as it's, you know, instead of it being like The Hobbit, where they add it to a pre-existing story, they, yeah. they do what it, I mean, have you played Shadow of Mordor or Shadow of War? Um, I have, I have played a lot of Shadow of Mordor, I think. Yeah, I right. think so. so. So, so those games are, you know, I don't, I don't know if they uh, can be considered canon, but they work alongside, um, lord of the rings especially and i think it's a super super cool concept you know having mordor being built up just before sauron fully emerges you know like coming back to power seeing the dark forces kind of like rise and and the fall of kirith ongol and stuff like that i think that what i would love this show to do is do exactly what shadow of mordor did you know build upon things show us places that we know you know in the past and and you know don't do the the blatant setup that the hobbit did yeah just, you know just keep it focused um while mm-hmm. still kind of building on what we already know yeah yeah mm. that'll be really interesting to see but hopefully they don't, they don't mess things a lot with the story so and the characters yeah. as well yeah i i think the question at this point is is it justifiable to spend 500 million dollars on on one tv show i mean that is that's a lot you know yeah like is it cgi or is it just i hope i mean i i can only hope that it's practical stuff um i know that a lot of cgi is involved in lord of the rings but i think lord of the rings is especially when compared to the hobbit it lord of the rings is so much better with um all the practical practical shots yes yeah Uh, I i saw on twitter recently the original Azog that they were going to use wasn't CGI, was practical, and oh, oh my god, looked amazing! Like, are you looked... kidding? No, really? yeah, um, it looked so much better than what they had. Let me try and find an image for you, and I'll send it your way. Mm. Oh my god, he looks so cool! Let me let me get. I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah, character. I remember now, yeah. Yeah, so Azog was, you know, he was like a, he was definitely CGI, and but what they originally had, I've just sent it to you now. Um, it looks so much cooler. Oh and, and my god! Right, that's amazing. Like those prosthetics, and he and that orc, they they ended up using that design, and and they and he's in one of the films. I, I think he he briefly shows up in in. In Desolation of Smaug. Yeah, he does. Um, I can't or may- or, yeah. yeah, or or maybe it's um Battle of Five Armies, whichever one it is. Um, I hope that the the show takes more f- that worked from Lord of the Rings and 
you know, learn their lesson from The Hobbit. It's been, oh my God, it's been, it's been like, it's been seven years since Battle of the Five Armies came out. I want to say it was 2014. Oh, um, kind of feel it does. Uh, Battle of the Armies, yeah, maybe 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think, you know, it's been enough to, yeah, 2014. It's been enough time to kind of learn their lesson um, and, and develop. Yeah. I mean, the films, uh, The Hobbit, uh, trilogy is it, a very good uh, trilogy, um, mm. but I wish there was some stuff that you know could have. I don't know. They're really good. I mean, I, I loved it when I was a kid. I haven't seen it in years, and I'm a little bit scared to watch it because I used to love it so much. You know. Oh, I I uh, I remember I was so excited for Battle of the Five Armies because. Oh, me too. It was just like a trailer and everything, oh, and the it was trailer. A very good film. And they oh, had, they had, they brought back Billy Boyd, who plays Pippin, to sing um, "Edge of Night" from from oh. Return of the King. Oh, what a, that was such a good trailer! I remember yeah. when it dropped. I was staying in 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 a house of in Scotland with some of my family, and this house had really really bad Wi-Fi, so I had to wait for YouTube videos to fully load. You know the grey bar. I had to wait for it to go like all the way and it would go like one chunk every minute. So I had to wait like three hours just to watch this one two minute trailer. And I remember watching oh. it being absolutely blown away. And then I watched it again and again, just on a loop every three hours is watching it again. And, and let me tell you, I, I used to love that film. Oh man, like there was so much hype for it. I remember there was oh, a lot. Yes, there was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I and I, I was so at the cinema, I was like, wow. This is really good. Hey, well, um, when it came out, it was my favorite of the trilogy. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember kind of you saying that a bit. Mm. I don't know. Just it's a back in my head. Yeah, um, yeah. it's gonna be interesting to see what Amazon's trying to do uh, with a with a lot of money. Uh, with a whole boatload of money, I guess they they have it though, don't they? Um, Amazon is a very wealthy place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the next thing I want to talk about is we are actually getting a Rick and Morty spin-off, right? What? So do you remember the season three episode, Vindicators 3, World Ender Returns? Yes. Now we are actually getting a Vindicators prequel about the team kind of like before that episode because that episode obviously sees the demise of quite a few members of the team and and kind of like the breaking of the of the the, the whole yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, dynamic uh, and, and so we're getting a show about the vindicators basically a, a rick and morty style superhero show which will be including world ender who was mentioned in that season three episode i i assume it will be mentioning rick and morty or have having them in the thing itself because they uh, they have a, a pre-existing relationship with the Vindicators. But yeah, we're getting a show about the Vindicators. I mean, what do you think about that? Um, okay, okay, I guess. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I completely forgot about the Vindicators like a few years ago. Like, oh no! Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean, that, it was yeah. exactly like that. I mean, I think that's a good episode. Yeah, it's a good episode, but I just completely forgot the characters. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was good to see like how uh, Rick was like, "Hey, Morty, <laughs> it's time to do some adventure and stuff." And 
Vindicators. I forgot. Um, it was. It was. It was. Um, it was. It was Morty cashing in his his one choice. He's like, oh, no, oh. cashing my one choice. Every every other every like tenth adventure is mine. And 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 so he chose that. And Rick's like really unimpressed, and he gets really drunk and stuff. You know what I want to see? What do you want to see? Bushworld Adventures TV show. Boom. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think what Rick and Morty could really benefit from is different, different like creative hands properly putting their unique stamp on it in terms of, you know, writing and animation and just doing loads of wild stuff. I think, I think Rick and Morty has some really, really good highs and some really disappointing lows. And I think that if you did like more stuff like Bushworld Adventures, if you haven't seen Bushworld Adventures folks online, please do. Please do. It's a masterpiece. I'll tell you. It it is that definitely a masterpiece. But yeah, um, I I just kind of hope that they. um... It's just the characters and the world building. I tell you, it's just that. It's just ah, it's 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 a work of beauty. I tell you, it's just like. Unmute Uncle Barry. Uncle Barry. Baza, you bloody legend. Ah. See you around, Morty. I'm a family ute. All me hubby's been turned into a ute. Kick the ball, kick the, kick body the bloody ball. ball. Welcome uh, to the ancient bush cave of Uncle Barry. Gala, 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 gala. Honestly, uh, I reckon you, we, we uh, could Uncle quote Barry's that all day. Arc. Oh, Barry's on, uh, is better than cinema. Any, oh, cinema. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see if they're going to do that, but oh no. But it's it's not going to happen. I'll tell you that now. No, it, it's not going to happen, but we'll we will I will forever be content with what we have. The the greatest piece of Rick and Morty media ever. <laughs> Just the best. I love it. It's a, it's up there with the um, uh, Morty. I turn into a pickle. I'm pickle. <laughs> oh no, oh no. Oh no. I knew it would happen one day and here we are again. God damn it. Uh, um I'll I'll give us one last piece of news. It is reported by Deadline that the Star Wars show Rangers of the New Republic is actually being put on hold, or as their exact words are, not currently in development. Oh, all right. this is this seems to be off the back of the firing of Gina Carano and the removal of Cara Dune as a character. Obviously, Rangers of the New Republic was going to be one of the shows to be interconnected with The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka. Um, it was going to be, uh, you know, and, and the rumor was that it was going to be uh, centered around Cara Dune. And I guess this kind of all but confirms that if they're putting it on hold because of that. I mean, how excited for this were you? Do you really? Are you I, that bothered that it's been put on hold? I'm not bothered, really, uh, to yeah, be honest. No. I mean, um, it's the shows. Uh, I'm not particularly excited for the shows, unless they're going to show something for it, like, you know, like trailers or hmm. something about the, the story. Yeah, I, I, I want to know more. Yeah, want to know more. If I, I don't know the details right now. Uh, I'm not excited. But if they want to work on something, go for it. I... Yeah, you need to work on something. Yeah, I that's think the... I think I think the appeal of this really, the appeal of it is the fact that it's going to cross over with the Mandaloria, Mandaloria, Mandalorian. That it's going to, you know, build to something. I don't Ooh. know. I, I I don't know what I'm excited about in the actual story itself. You know. 
yeah, I, I agree. It's like, uh, I hope they're going to do something that um, doesn't really mess up, like, with the story or, you know. You yeah. know, I always have faith in Dave Filoni. But, you know, we've got a lot of live action stuff coming. You know, we've got Andor, we've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian, Ahsoka, probably more Lando. Um, and I think I'm definitely... Rangers of the New Republic generally is at the bottom of my list of what I'm excited yeah. for. So if I have to wait another year to watch it or another two years, I'm not that, not too bothered, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not too bothered, really. I, it's not my hyped thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure we talked about it on an episode of the podcast sometime late last year. Um, so if you want to hear our thoughts about it more, check out our podcast on the Disney Investor Day and I will move us on to our main segment, which is yes. best cinema experiences because, John, cinemas are back. They are back and they uh, are back in full Let me force. tell you, it's, it's satisfying to hear those words. Uh, i tell you that now. Yeah, I, I agree. I can't wait. to. I've already been to the cinema three times. It's great to be back. I can't wait to see the No Time to Die trailer again. I feel like I haven't seen it enough. Um, I feel like it's been too long since, honestly, before, like, because if you remember, they were really building up to the release of No Time to Die and then it just didn't come out. <laughs> they changed the release date. And so cinemas basically had to close because they couldn't justify being open. And yeah, it was all about, yeah, but um, but cinemas are back and that's that's got me reflective, John. That's got me thinking. What, oh, what, what were our top five best cinema experiences uh so mine's um uh, a uh, usual list you tell you that now so Ooh, okay well I'll, I'll let you kick it off tell me your number five all right so my number five okay this is gonna be the lowest um okay. so my, my number five is joker oh okay now that, that's not on my list so please talk to me about it so uh I, we, were, I we were in the same like, cinema for this one. Yeah, we were in the same one, uh, apparently. Like, it was so... Okay, so, like, if you haven't seen the film, uh, listen, viewers, or yeah, it's, anyone... It's, that, it's, uh, safe to, it's safe to assume spoilers for everything we talk about. Yeah, so just, it's, uh, just, just it's a... Uh, so, Joker, if you don't know the story, it's a very dark story. Um, it follows Arthur Fleck, and it's, like, the origin story for the Joker, but in a very, uh, very... 80s take you know what i mean mm, yeah very yeah. very very 80s scorsese taxi driver king of comedy yeah a lot of influences oh, yeah there. king of comedies yeah that's the film yeah yeah um so yeah so watching this in the cinema was so bizarre it was the weirdest cinema experiences because uh, as i said it's a very dark film and there was so many uncomfortable moments that you like would could you would you laugh at this or would you laugh at that because mm. like for example spoilers if you haven't seen the film when uh joker kills um uh one of the two men that comes to his apartment um and there was one small person and the the person uh he was trying to escape uh and then he, he couldn't reach for the door lock and everyone was laughing yeah uh, and then you're probably thinking, oh, is, is he going to kill the guy? Because that would be really awkward. But then he didn't kill him. And 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 there was, oh, it was, it was so weird. And 
I, I don't know what to explain because you're just watching it with a, it's like watching it with your family. You're watching a, a scene that is um, showing something that is uncomfortable or uh, something that it felt like a little that. bit you, frisky. You were, yeah, you you were like, how do we react to this? Because it's just me, me and my dad. We were like, I do we do we want to watch this film? Uh, like. But we 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 want to watch we want we want to watch it because we like DC. Uh, DC was like DC's our, our favorite thing to watch, and Marvel as well. And and seeing that because we thought, oh, this is going to be like a, a backstory of Joker, and then we thought it was going to be like this, but no, it was way darker, and it was like it was about mental health, uh, and it was just. Yeah, it, I, I don't have to explain it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know? it, it, yeah, it was one of those films that everyone came out to see, like everyone, because it did have something, you know, that was so enticing about it. I, it it's, a, it's a very controversial film. A lot of people love it, a lot of people hate it. But I think, you know, through that, there's, there's just an interest that everyone gets out of it. And I think it's an uncomfortable film to watch because of exactly what you're saying. There's so much of it that you're unsure. Should I like it? Should I, you know, should I be frightened by it? Should I, you know, should I be sad? Or all these different emotions kind of happening at the same time. And it it has redefined a lot of, you know, this kind of nature. Obviously on the off the back of this, DC are considering so many different films of the same nature, like doing like a Lex Luthor film in this similar style, you know, like- yeah. It's not quite like The Dark Knight in terms of like redefining the genre, but it has redefined corners of the genre, the way that the R-rated, you know, DC films operate. And this is a, I mean, this pro- this film proved, 2018, I think this kit film came out in. Yeah, 2019? Uh, 2019. No, 2019, sorry. It was one of the films that proved, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, one of the films that proved that DC should, you know, let their creators do, you know, give them free yeah. reign i feel like releasing aquaman shazam and joker dc realized oh yeah we we can actually you know we good stuff can happen if we let our creators do what they want to do yeah and it's a very interesting way of how the director really intended to do with this film and it's a very um very serious take so yeah yeah awesome. so yeah well, what's your fifth so my number five is Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Oh, right. Okay. Now, first of all, I know that a lot of people don't like Last Jedi. Okay. Leave your comments, please. But I, but I want to make it very clear. I love it. All right. So yes, you can, you can dislike this podcast straight away. Now I've seen so many Star Wars films at cinema um you know all of the ones as disney i've seen empire strikes back phantom menace the clone wars all on the big screen but the reason why this one in particular stood out to me was because it made me individually question what i thought of star wars at this point you know force awakens had come on it was exactly what i knew star wars to be it was what i loved about star wars same about about rogue one you know, it, none of them offended me anyway. None of them challenged me anyway. And then when Last Jedi came on, I was, I mean, first of all, I wanted to say a friend of mine had spoiled 
a lot of this film to me. Told me that Luke dies, that his force ghost comes back and kills people, that Kylo Ren cuts Snoke in half, that Yoda's in it. He told me everything. So that, I wasn't... That, that is just terrible. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it yeah. was... It Honestly, it gave me a, a lifelong hatred of spoilers, especially from him. He loves spoiling things for me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I honestly, I didn't believe him. It was so <laughs> radical that I was like, no way is that what happens and i think i was so surprised by everything that when i first watched it i was like in shock i remember my mum saying to me what do you think at the end and i was sat there and i was like i don't know this is this is this is so weird and i saw it twice after that and i think what's so good is that it made me question you know all these different things you know it about war being good or bad the nature of heroes and villains it, it really it made me ponder the gray side of star Wars. And I think that's so good. It, it gave me a whole new different understanding about the saga as a whole. Maybe every time I go back, I think about it in different ways. And especially at the point where it came out, this is 2017. So I was 14 years old looking at it with, and, and, and it's like, it's like the curtains been peeled back. Like someone's opened my eyes to this new world. And I know that it, it, it does things that people do not like, but for me, this film gave me such a unique perspective that it changed how I see Star Wars in general. And and yet there are still moments that I, that I would call major crowd pleasers. The whole finale for me is one of my favorite sequences in Star Wars. You know, everything from when Luke comes, you know, onto crate, I think is absolutely wonderful. And it, and yeah. it gets me so emotional. I think, I think Ryan Johnson, it gave Star Wars re- reinvigorated it, but but gave some of the most iconic moments, some of the most classic moments. Yoda's speech to Luke, so many of these things that I that that just encapsulate my experiences. Um, and and seeing the cinema is is you know just one of the things that I just never forget. You know, I was gonna my number my number five was going to be the Rise of Skywalker because I loved that oh, one. No. I saw it. I saw oh, it. No. I saw it on a midnight showing. I saw it five times in four days. I uh, know four times in five days. Um, and I loved it, but obviously, since then, I don't like it quite as much. So my experience in retrospect, to, it, it, you know, in retrospect, isn't isn't quite as good. But you know, Last Jedi, I still love it. Not everything, some stuff I don't like, but I love most of it. And I, and I, that experience is one that shaped me. As Star Wars shaped me, it continued shaping me, even as the films progressed. Yeah, like. Yeah, like uh, when I first uh, saw the for the film, I was I had mixed feelings about it. But now mm. I actually like the film. The fact the film's really good. You watched it. Uh, um, you watched it on the BFI, didn't you? Uh, the biggest screen in in, in England. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was uh, that was a different uh, that was a different experience because it was bigger, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, it was a great time. Uh, even though I knew what happened, and I thought, wow, this is a really good film. Uh, so. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, so, what's your number four? My number four is Infinity War. Ooh, okay. Infinity War is on my list. So Should we talk about that? We'll wait until I get it on my list. Um, oh, okay. But my number four is Endgame. Oh, Endgame's on my list as well. Okay. Go your number three. Tell me your number three. Uh, what's my number three? My number three. My number three. Oh, Dunkirk. Ooh, nice. Right, I didn't. I never saw Dunkirk at the cinema. So please. Right. So, have you seen the film? 
I have seen it, but I haven't seen it at the cinema. Okay, so, um, yeah, watching Dunkirk on the cinema is a totally different experience. Uh, like, if you're watching it on the small screen, uh, and it's a very interesting, um, like, it's not superior as um, 1917, because this one's uh, all about time conventions. Uh, because yes. you know, you know, you know, you know that that Nolan loves to play with time, and uh, like you've seen that in Memento, uh, Inception, and in Stella, because he loves it so much. He really does. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, Dunkirk. So this is a very different one because the sound design is a very uh, interesting sound design. So, yeah. So, uh, like. You're right. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about the film because I haven't seen it mm. for a while. Um, so, uh, so I thought you'd been distracted by the rain. Have you seen it outside? Yeah, the rain. I saw it as well. All those moments would be lost, like like tears in rain. Time to die. Did a reference. Did a reference. Oh, thank you, man. I love that film. That film. Mm. I remember watching the fir- uh, the film uh, for the first time. Yeah, that yeah. Was great. We watched it together. Coca Cola. Ah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> people at yeah. home must think that we are crazy, but then again, yeah. we are, so it's fine. Yeah. So let me get back to the Dunkirk. So yes, sorry. So the sound design was very loud, and it just felt like you're like in Dunkirk, and I it was very helpful to me when I was doing history. So yeah, mm. yeah. So like, uh, I didn't realize the situation in Dunkirk was that bad. Um, and it, it, it completely immersed uh, you into the like where um, like it created that sense of feeling but then with the time conventions it was like a bit confusing but like oh right this is how uh, Nolan's doing it and it's just it's very fun to like to pick up the pieces so yeah so I, I, I really like that um, so like my dad was like whoa this is uh, this is a uh, this is a very interesting um, way that Nolan tried to do this, or like with the sound design, it just felt very very intense. Uh, not uh, not as in- in- intense as uh, nineteen seventeen because nineteen seventeen, oof, that's a <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a thing that I'll be talking in in a bit. So yeah, hey, me too. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Yeah, and I I, I um so. With like 1917, it was a very uh, but Dunkirk. It's like the, the the phenomenal acting I really liked um, in the film, and uh, and it was again, it was very loud, uh, and I I liked it. So um, yeah, there's a yeah. there's a real there's a real scope to Dunkirk. Each each um, different plot line builds the tension slowly. Um, yeah. And 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 through that you get a um, you get you get an experience uh, that is very kind of nerve wracking, you know, like the the ticking in the in the um, in yeah, the score, yeah, the all stuff like that, um, and and the way that all the narrative threads come together is you know something that I feel like it, it's a climax that I think the cleverest climaxes are the ones that you know they don't rely on 
they don't they don't rely on what like you know on, on your expectations and i feel like the, the slow realization that everything is going on and is all yeah. building up to this one point is powerful and becomes you know like a, a factor in why the film is is so cool yeah and i just really like the editing like you slowly pick up the pieces you kind of like uh like mento but memento was a bit more complex to yes. to the story uh yeah so i i just really i was just fascinated seeing dunkirk um in the cinema so yeah that's a cinema experience that i'll never forget um yeah tom what's your what give me another well now my number three is the dark knight now oh okay i haven't seen the dark knight on the big screen well, uh, first of all, I want to make it clear. I was only five when The Dark Knight came out, so I didn't see it when it originally came out because that would be bad parenting on my dad's part. Um, but <laughs> when cinemas came back last year, they released load, re-released loads of um, classic films. So I saw, you know, The Dark Knight trilogy, the Back to the Future trilogy, Akira, yeah, yeah. Karate Kid, Empire Strikes Back. I watched loads of stuff and it was great. Um, but The Dark Knight was so amazing not only because okay so first of all i saw three films that uh, are on 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 this day i saw batman begins and then i saw unhinged and then i saw the dark knight in the evening and the dark knight was on imax right one of the only ever films i've ever seen on imax and i for so long i'd always kind of written off the dark knight i love it uh, and, and i've always loved it ever since i was a kid but in the time that i didn't watch it i always found myself saying you know it's not quite as good as people say, you know, it's great, but it's not like the masterpiece that people say. And I always kind of thought, oh, well, these other films are better. It's not like one of the best comic book films about this and this and this. And then I rewatched it and I was like, oh, I was so wrong. I was so, so, so wrong. And if you've seen our um, Christopher Nolan video, our favorite trilogies video, you'll know that it's not even my favorite of the trilogy. But it's just the film that I resented the most for so long. And seeing it immediately with Christopher Nolan's cinematography uh, in the bank heist at the beginning with, uh, you know, when they kind of slide along the rooftops uh, and just seeing that on IMAX, I was immediately like, okay, this is already better than I remember. You know, the cinematography is so purposeful and beautiful. There's a reason why this had such an impact. You know, the music is already building the tension for me and just the whole time yes the bullet thing is the most stupid thing ever i'm not going to go another round oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah we yeah, all remember yeah. my, talk about that we all remember about my rant about the bullet in in episode two of the podcast but you know this film had such power you know everything hits so much harder than it ever has before on the big screen on the imax screen you know and 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 everything came together as i said the amazing cinematography the beautiful beautiful performances that really uh, go alongside this tragic, so, so tragic story and climaxing with, you know, it's not necessarily an, an action heavy climax, but when Batman starts to run at the end, when he start, and, and Jim Gordon's uh, giving his speech uh, yeah. and, you know, Hans Zimmer starts going, no, 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 no. Like, honestly, like the moment that you see the dark night on the screen, the moment you just go, dun, dun, didn't like just seeing that on the big screen, just being like, okay, I was so wrong. I love the Dark Knight. I love Christopher Nolan. I love the Dark Knight trilogy. This is amazing. Like it just reinstalled my faith in 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 this trilogy and in, in just this series. And I I just kind of I just can't 
comprehend how much I loved yeah. it and how much of a transformative experience in a similar way to how The Last Jedi made me think differently about Star Wars. The, the Dark Knight just reminded me that, yeah, people are totally right and it is amazing, you know, um, and I can't wait to watch it again. And, and I say, if it ever comes back at the cinema, I will be first in line to watch it and I say anyone should watch it. I just think films, you never get better experience than watching a film you know that you already love at the cinema i think it's wonderful i think it's absolutely wonderful and and yeah so absolutely transformative what's your number two um i okay i just remember the film that i uh okay so i already got the list Ooh. but okay so Ooh. my number two is um what's my number two okay my number two is endgame so okay well that was my uh, number four so do you want to talk about endgame yeah, let's let let's talk about Endgame. Yeah. All right, tell yeah. me about Endgame. Okay, so I want to first of all point out that Endgame was your favorite film of all time. Okay, when it came okay, out. Remember okay. that? Okay, yes, ladies <laughs> and gents, you heard it. John Featherstone. He. <sighs> uh, okay, he. Uh... Back in 2019, when I did my uh, GCSEs. Uh, and I remember was like watching the trailers and I was just like, wow, this is going to be the best film of all time. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so you were, you were shilling it so hard. Yeah, man. I was just like, Hey, this is the best. The, the, oh my God. The cinematography, the score, Hey, Zach Snyder, you suck. <laughs> no, I didn't actually say that. Uh, but, um, yeah. Um, okay. So when I first saw it, I, uh, I was just amazed because it was the audience that really made the cinema experience so amazing. Uh, like when Thor, um, when, no, when Captain America got Thor's hammer, like Ooh. when everyone was like, Oh my God, just like murmuring and like, Holy crap. This is so you. You had a like, proper, you had like a proper like American cinema experience. Yeah, like in America, it's like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. It, for those of you who don't know, it, it in it, in the UK, it's not like that at all. People like, just kind like, of sit um, there and just like, okay, like, yes, cinema. Yeah, but like it, it, it was so different. Like with like with everything that's going on, like with the cinema, uh, like in Britain, it's just like, hmm, yes, 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 clapping. Mm, yes hot tea yes yes well, yes didn't yes. people didn't people in your cinema clap at the end yes wow yes we are very uh yeah very very excited it seems <laughs> yeah so um yeah there was a lot of stuff that uh they decided to be was like uh watching it on the big screen was really cool but time has passed uh and the film is overrated, so mm. very, very overrated. Um, so yeah, so what if you're watching it with like with your dad, with your uh, with the with your friends, it's it's a truly magical experience. Like if you've been watching Marvel for a long time, like if it's your childhood, uh, or something like that, it's 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 quite um it's really good. I, 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 yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Marvel, well, not just Marvel, but 
the Avengers films are events, you know? Avengers Assemble just changed the landscape of, of, of comic book films. We all know that. And I think, yeah. yes, when I came out of Endgame, I was still critical of it. I was like, what the hell were they up with with Hulk? Um, you know, I did not like it as much as Infinity War. There were so many things I didn't like. However, those crowd-pleasing moments oh, are, yeah. are just, you know, the fan service is done so well and so right. And, and my dad had to tell me to, to calm down. I was like in tears, rocking backward and forward when Cap said Avengers Assemble, just going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I had a proper nerdgasm. My dad had to lean over to me and say, I know you're loving it, but you are freaking the guy next to you over. And I looked at the guy next to me and he was like sitting a meter away from me being like, keep this kid away from me. He's going to explode. And I think um, it's just such an unmatched thing. You know, we have grown up with the MCU. You know, I remember seeing my first MCU film was Thor at the cinema. I've been there, you know, ever since Avengers, watching every single one an opening weekend, you know, and, and, and loving the hell out of them. You know, as a kid, obviously, as I've grown older, I've been more critical, but just loving them and, and being so attached to the, the ongoing story. These really are the, the films for our generation. And then, you know, getting to see all these incredible um, payoffs to everything that we've seen, you know, going back in time and revisiting, you know, all these classic kind of moments. And then like the payoffs that we never knew that we wanted, like Cap catching the hammer. I, before I went, somebody had, again, somebody had spoiled it for me. They told me that Black Widow and Iron Man died and I didn't care. And I still, and I still stand by that. If somebody tells me that characters die, honestly, I don't care. If someone had told me that Cap caught the hammer, I would have flipped out because those moments, you know, the context behind them, you know, the, the way that they come out of nowhere, the way that everything kind of builds up is amazing and an experience that you just cannot, you know, compare to. Uh, I, I think that the, the ending of Endgame is a visual mess in my opinion. But yeah. despite that, despite that I can't really see anything on screen, seeing all the Avengers lined up, hearing the Avengers theme proper blaring, hearing Cap yell Avengers, and then saying assemble with that incredible punch. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a flawed film, but those moments hit so incredibly hard and, and, and will always stick out in my mind as a cinema experience like no other, you know? It was just incredible yeah like when i first i was just like whoa like it was just that amazing like when captain america saying that those words like everyone in the cinema went crazy like holy crap like yeah uh, yeah I, I i don't know what to explain it's just uh like it was like um uh, like i was just like this is cinema <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, Martin Scorsese would have been so disappointed in you, John. I know, but I've changed now. Yes. Well, you know what Scorsese says is that those Marvel films, you know, they're not super stimulating, but they are, you know, theme park rides and they, and they are like super thrilling events. <laughs> I, I I agree with him. I think there's so much yeah, to yeah, love and so many like really fun moments that yeah. you know are just. Oh, it's so cool. So, so cool. And, you know, I will always love Endgame to some degree, just for giving me 
some stuff that my childhood self would have been so so happy with you know yeah. as a kid i would have just cried my eyes out at all these moments yeah. and obviously and i didn't um not at the you know I, I wasn't that bothered by some of the deaths in the film i didn't think they were yeah, that impactful same. but but some of those amazing but i thought there were some amazing moments in 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 those two moments when cap catches the hammer and when when he says avengers assemble it it so it's it's an amazing payoff to 20 plus films uh, it yeah it, it's unmatched it, it really is yeah it's a it's a film that you know you've been waiting for and it's a it's an unforgettable experience so yeah yeah like uh like you hear the whispers behind you and just go what the heck's happening oh my god so yeah. i really uh that'll be really good like there's like a massive film series or like to have you know like the audience to engage and like laugh or to like be struck with moments or be like in awe so yeah. yeah i have i have no idea how they are gonna because obviously the mcu is, has got no plans of stopping but whenever they reach the end of their next i don't know saga we've had the infinity saga whatever this had to next whether it be secret war secret empire secret invasion you know galactus or dr doom whatever they decide to do next i have no idea how it's going to top end game in terms of scale and um impact to the characters and payoffs i i think they're gonna they have their work cut out for them definitely yeah and uh and it's gonna be really hard to catch those moments but it's really rare to have like those cinema experiences. It's really rare. So definitely. We are yeah. we are very lucky indeed to have them. Yeah. Um so uh, uh we got Infinity War next because we haven't talked about that yet. Well, what's I assume your number one is 1917, right? Yes, yes. Right, and my number one is Infinity War. So what? Um, yeah, right. Yeah. What? I don't want to apologize. Infinity was a great film. What you want about? Um, what? I still. Wait, I... wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> You're saying. I'm. I'm. <laughs> to be clear, to be clear, 1917 is a better film. Of course it is. I, I'm not mad, but Infinity War is was a better experience than cinema, without a shadow of a doubt. I have to say, I'm really sorry, John. Have I offended you? Uh, no, no. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just so surprised because it's yeah. a it's a film that I well I, I watched it and uh, and uh, I already got my list, so we can talk about that now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Well. So. You know. Would you rather talk about 1917 now or Infinity War now? uh let's talk about infinity war now okay so like... your number your number usually your number four yeah yeah so your number four my number one so talk to me uh so infinity war so this was a very different one because it's not Ooh. the same as Endgame or like any cinema experiences that you know you would expect uh because it ends on a very dark note uh, it does yeah as it, it's such a different uh, experience. Like, it's so different to what Marvel has done in the past. Like, like with superheroes, like, they're going to save the day. They're going to defeat Thanos. But no. 
Danos I, wins. It, it, the bad guy wins. And I loved like um they it's they just changed the formula with like a lot of comic book movies, like the hero wins and uh and the, the villain just kills everyone. So uh yeah, so yeah, I th- I think there was a, a, immediately there was a stroke of genius. Um because originally this film was going to be uh, Infinity War Part 1 and then Infinity War Part 2, obviously, and then became Endgame. I think it was a stroke of genius to rename it because, you know, when you go into a Part 1, audiences have expectations. They expect it to kind of end on some sort of dark and note. They expect, expect a cliffhanger. But, you know, general audiences didn't really expect, you know, this to kind of end this way. I'm not sure anyone did. And I think what was so impactful about it was how hard it went with that cliffhanger at the end. It didn't just yeah. kill a couple of people. It didn't just let Thanos beat up the Avengers a little bit. It literally wiped out half of the characters, you know, gave Thanos this amazing, amazing um, character. Know, character. Yeah. He gave yeah. it the motivation and the character and, and, and he brought it physically and, and mentally. And, you know, they made him so layered uh, to a point where when he won at the end, it was like, Oh, you know what? Y- yeah, he—he's kind of like—he's kind of done the impossible, and 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 to an extent, he's deserved it. You know, when he sits in that farm at the end, I don't think any of us in the cinema were just sitting there like, "What? You were?" Yeah, you were sitting- like, oh, let go me on, tell you, on. like yeah. when, like when it closed off, like with the cinema, like, uh, like seeing Avengers: Infinity War, like dusted away, I was just sort of like, "What? What yeah. do you mean?" yeah no you were you were sat like three rows in front of me and i remember just looking down at you and you looked at me like what is what's happening what just like what's going on like you and we were so confused like this oh my god it was like so many there was so many mind-blowing stuff in the film that like made the audience talk like red score appeared oh my god he appeared and i i turned to my dad i was like dad Dad, it's Red School. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, son, but watch the film. <laughs> yeah, I remember being like, oh my God, what? I didn't, I never thought, like, the, the thing is, this film immediately kept on being, like, having payoffs and having huge moments. I think Endgame has so many amazing moments in, in the second half, but not much in the first half. Whereas Infinity War, immediately you get Thanos beating up Hulk, killing Loki and Heimdall with that amazing, you know, Hulk just saying, Thanos is coming, and then cut to the Avengers theme. You know, the the scene where Cap steps out of the shadows and you get the punch of the Avengers theme. You know, Gamora's death, the the scene with... Um, with, with the, the fight on Titan between Iron Man and Thanos... Thor arriving in Wakanda. There are so many really, really cool, impactful moments. Not just the ending. Throughout, it's it's such a it's such a it's such a uh, an experience that comes with so many you know um, fan moments that are just so cool. Yeah, like ah, oh, like the with the score, like the end of it, like when Thanos is sitting down, and like oh. you're just like, oh my god, he he actually did it. He, he wasn't joking. Yeah, man, and like just sitting down and i was just slowly turned and was like i mean honest honestly i was you know uh, this film has such a huge task you've got to balance all these different characters you know introduce thanos as a proper villain i mean yeah he was in the other films but we never really understood his motivation or anything like that you know tie in different corners of the mcu and it did it 
seamlessly. I mean, yeah, there are yeah. a couple of things that I would change, you know, the, but I really can't complain because so much of it is, is so seamlessly done, so effortlessly, effortlessly done. I can only imagine what the film would have been like if Joss Whedon had directed it, like originally planned. Oh, I'm God. so, I'm so glad the, the Russo brothers got to do it because they delivered something that was game-changing for the MCU and, you know, has really defined, you know, I mean, it, it arguably it's the peak of the MCU. Arguably, Infinity War is the best thing they've done in that franchise. It, it, you know, it really, it really tops so much, you know, and 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 comes with the payoff, but also has these incredible character moments. And seeing it at the cinema is just an unmatched experience, you know. Yeah, like for the first time Danos, having no idea what's happening. Go on. Yeah, like when Danos, like it. Okay, so we all knew that the Avengers were going to lose, like at the early start of the film, like. Oh no! Uh, but then when when Thor went, oh when Thor came into Wakanda with that theme and like, so oh, good, ah oh, that was yeah, and it was like the most it was a expectation for subversion like you should have gone for the head. Yeah, honestly, that was like the genius of it is 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 constantly tricking the audience. Like when Thanos stabs Tony, I was like, oh my god, this is it! Iron Man's gonna die, yeah, and he and he didn't. And, and, you know, constantly, you know, making us think that everything's going to be okay. And I think there's a genius stroke in there. So much in the film, whenever characters are in peril, they are saved until the end with this, you know, beautiful climax where Thanos finally gets the stones and you're like, oh my God. But then Thor comes in, you're like, oh, it's going to be fine. And then it isn't. And then they double down on the fact that so many people are dying. It's it's wonderful. It really is. Yeah. Um, and it's... Um, again, like with the end game, but this one is a different take, like a different formula to what they do, and it's a great villain. Thanos, uh, Thanos is just a great uh, uh, villain on the screen, and you really, really understand his uh, motivations. And- he is in in little under, you know, little over two hours. They established what a lot of people would call the gold standard for villains in cinema or just in the superhero genre in general, you know, to make an impact like that on an, on a franchise that's already so established is so impressive. And I, I'm, I'm really, I'm just really glad that it didn't fail because, you know, I, I don't like, I, you know, so many people love Endgame and I don't, and I'm really upset about that. I would love to, I'd love to like it as much as other people do, despite loving it at the cinema. And I'm really happy that I love, that I can see why so many people love Infinity War. I'm really happy that I love it too, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just a very different cinema experience. Like, with Thanos is like Josh Brolin's acting as Thanos is just that has that strong presence. And this is Thanos' movie. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It really is. I mean, Endgame could never, never have topped it. I think they, they immediately set themselves up for failure. Yeah, I mean, there was. I wish there was some stuff that they could have like picked from uh, earlier movies, or like to you know go through some crazy stuff. Because, like, I wish they didn't do the time travel bit, but but that was the time. The time travel was unnecessarily convoluted. Yeah, I wish there was like something you know that could be really uh, so devastating. Uh, Like, what if like Thanos really took over Earth? And 
like I wonder how but and I didn't really like um that uh I wish there was like a way like not to have the uh infinity stones to snap again to bring back people I wish there was like another way you know like something like really smart like mm. Doctor Strange going back in time or like hey. to bring the time stone maybe two, or, two world two words right two words soul world exactly Honestly, they did cool. it in they oh, did it in the oh. comics they, they 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 set it up in infinity war that would have been great or like danos like saying i'm a farmer now like you just making he's just he's just making those carrots he's growing them and away then, and then uh oh it would be really cool if someone like we wrote uh end game into a better version like you know Soon that really impacts the uh, the past ten years or twelve years. Um, yeah, I'd I'd love of, to see it. I really would. Like if everyone's like really weird or messed up. I mean, like with Hulk. I mean, I wish there was some really cool Hulk moments. Honestly, and... honestly, I I thought I I've always kind of been of the opinion that Infinity War should have been the first film, Endgame should have been the third film, and there should have been a film in the middle. They explored, you know, what life was like before the snap, oh, like during, oh. after the snap. I, I think that would have, you know, you know, what would be been really great. cool, like Thanos, what? like using the Infinity Gauntlet to bring back old villains. Oh yeah, man, that would have been great. Give me some like, more crossbones. You like oh, Ultron? Imagine like Ult- to make him a lot Ultron. better. Yeah, honestly, oh. honestly, is it is it too much to ask to go bigger? Maybe, <sighs> maybe not. Maybe, maybe, but. If you if your dreams are bigger, that scares you and that keeps you going. So, yeah, yeah. Well, poetry, John. Everybody, he's back. Yes. If your if your dreams are too small, they don't scare you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruh. Dream big, man. Dream big. <laughs> um, Indeed. So, my number one, you've been waiting for this whole time, just you know, like to hear about my thoughts. So, my number one. 1917. So and my number this, two. Yes. Yeah, so this <laughs> really changed my uh, life. My my personal experiences with cinema experience. Uh, but by my personal experiences with cinema experiences, you know, I mean, like it really yeah. changed my perspective, like how how important cinema to is like to have experiences. Because if you're watching a film for for entertainment. Or like I don't know, like if you want to watch something that's amazing, like for the story, like what I really invest in is like experiences, like with characters, or to like what the heck is happening, like you know, that's how I want to be in stories. Like yeah. you want to experience those amazing things and and horrible things as well, like in 1917. So mm. yeah, so 1917 does it so well to uh, capture the uh, the ah uh, like the, the life in the in the trenches in world war 1 and it was just so it, it was immersive because like it's it is it's one shot like long shots uh, there are in the film so and i really like that uh, because um it, it was more grounded and it felt like you were yeah. just in in the film it was so messy i really like that so yeah i I, th- I think immediately obviously i i'd already seen birdman you know which was like 
you know, similar, you know, made to look like one shot. And so I definitely went into 1917 being like, oh, well, it, it's a gimmick, you know, um, it, 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 it can provide some, you know, some, some cool editing, but it's not that, you know, it's not that deep, honestly, you know. And then watching it, I was like, the the genius of being alongside i mean if you've if you've watched our video on on the best films of 2020 you'll know that we both had 1917 as our number one film um and i think the beauty of it is that it was um you're alongside these characters you really get to know and you get to grow with them and 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 the way that it that everything tracks so closely alongside them the tension builds up so much and as does the as does the um, the impactful moments really hit because you know you, you've gone on this journey, and 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 the slow build up. I think you know from the start, it everything is 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 very tense, and and that kind of builds to this you know kind of climax, which is just it's one of the few times that I've cried at a film. You know that climax, and I think seeing it in the cinema, seeing it with that you know huge screen, and and getting that experience is is unparalleled. Yeah, and it 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 was so much like I agree. Like it, like the one scene, like he was just like running across that 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 board, and it was just like what the heck? Like it was just so different because watching the watching the cinema, you're just like ah oh, ha, ha that that's a very good moment. Like you're watching Endgame or like watching yeah. something that really makes you just mind blowing. But this one is just like very very dark and just like really just like captures like the horror of world war and like losing your loved ones or like best you know what i mean like yeah losing your loved ones and fighting for your loved ones yeah and it's just like it reinforces like the horrors and i just wow it's just a uh it, it, it's, a, it's a film so uh, it really is and- it's yeah. It's powerful and, and intense. Uh, yeah, and I walked out the cinema. I was just speechless. Like, mm. wow, it's 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 uh, very different. Like with loud sounds, it was so it was so intense. It's it's my it, it's the most intense cinema experiences I've ever been. Like, mm. like from uh, the the like the moment when. Um, the two characters go in, into this uh, this uh, shelter base. I don't know in, in, in other, other, on the yeah. other side. Yeah, and and when the rat drops down and oh hits my the trip, god, that was the one moment. of the biggest that, jumps. Like that, that that jump scare was better than any horror film I've ever seen. It yeah, was honestly, I, so I, like I, shocking. Yeah, I I don't really get jump scared a lot, but like with that, that's that's the genius of it. Like that's supposed to how it works. Like with a lot of stuff, like it's supposed to be loud. It's supposed to be scary, and it's just like we capture that horrible feeling, you know, that that soldiers had to go through. So yeah, yeah. It, it it really does. I I was lucky enough. So I've, I saw this film twice. Second time, I saw it at the BFI where you saw Last Jedi. Um, and I went with my film class uh, and, you know, obviously I'd already seen it. So I already like, you know, it wasn't quite as impactful, but watching it with, you know, all these other people and seeing how it affects people differently, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, similarly to, to Endgame and Infinity War, you feel this kind of cultural, 
unity where everyone's you know so shaken by what they just watched and and you know have such an appreciation for the power of film you know i think more than any other film on this list 1917 you know really you know powerfully shows what film can do what film can be and i i I think that it is just incredible It, it 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 you know the ending is so intense and everything's built up to such a point where like honestly like the sheer intensity and the sheer um power and scope and scale of everything and, and the way that you know it, it it uses expectation and um and failure is one of those moments where i don't i don't understand how you could not cry at that you know like genuinely like there are so many things that people cry at that i that i haven't cried at myself but if you Honestly, some 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 moments in that film, I think you know, are through and through absolute tearjerkers. Yeah, like you don't understand like the characters because the characters what they've been through, and it's just a hell of a story. Like you just understand, and it's just like so impactful to what the heck is happening on screen. And I really like that, and it's just like so emotional as well. So yeah, like what uh, I it's it's. Yeah, it's just one of those cinema experiences. Just like, wow, okay, this is this is how you make a film on the big screen because it's so rare. Like to watch something like if you want to watch it at home, you are just gonna go, ah, oh, wish I would seen this on the big screen because it's it's one of those films that you want to see again and again on yeah. the big screen. Honestly, I'm really really happy that I've got a projector. Because, you know, like, for example, my girlfriend really wants to watch 917 and I'm like, okay, we'll watch it, but it has to be on the projector because you just wouldn't get that same experience. Similarly to Dunkirk, you know, I wouldn't have got the same experience that you got just from like watching it on my TV. You know, watching it on the big screen is is magical and impactful and and it, it amplifies every single emotion that you may have. Yeah, and I really like that. And it's just, it's a very, uh, very impactful and it's just like how it really changes your cinema experiences like a lot of time like unless you're watching something that is so em- emotional and yeah and i really love it and can we do honorable mentions because there's other cinema oh yeah please well. give give me give me an honorable mention okay so uh la la land oh yeah yeah let me tell you oh uh, it was so nostalgic to like see something a musical that you know really happens like a lot of time, and it like the music like I've been watching musicals since I was uh, when I was three, and it was so nostalgic to hear those those sounds like um, I don't know what the sounds are or the instrumental uh, uh, and it's just like so emotional to hear those again and. Uh, and like hearing the voice uh, on the bigger screen, it's just like where the magic happens. Like if you're just watching um, oh, that sequence at the end of the film and it's just like, whoa, whoa. Okay. So it's amazing. It, yeah. It's amazing. It's just like a, a film that you want to see it again on the big screen. And the most regrettable thing that I have seen is Blade Runner 249 on the big screen. Oh That's, yeah, that would have been great. That would be one of the best cinema experiences that I might have done, but no. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, we weren't old enough. Not not much you can do about that. I do want to, you know, if I'm going to give any honourable mention, 
Now, La Land is my favorite musical, definitely. And Greatest Showman doesn't even hit close, but I will say Greatest Showman. Second time I watched it, having listened to the soundtrack loads and just having such a great experience, just singing along to all the music and the energy in the room. It was, it was great. It really was. Um, and, you know, I think the film is flawed in so many ways. So overrated, so overhyped. You know, yeah. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick of a lot of it. Right. That I experience the cinema was so good. I remember John, you saying, John, oh don't my say God. it, don't say it, don't say uh, it. Oh my God, don't this is it. so much better than La Land. No, like, we, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. You said that in the Endgame was the best film of all time. Okay, we all make mistakes, John. We all make mistakes. Yes, we do. We, we, all, we all grow and learn our mistakes. So Failure yeah. is the greatest teacher. Time is I? the greatest. Yes. Yeah, and, so. and I think I just want to end this main segment by saying, you know, last year there's a lot of talk about, you know, the cinema dying and, you know, films going onto onto streaming and, and stuff like that. No, so we need the cinema, right? The cinema is so important for film. You know, there's nothing like having that cinema experience. It's unparalleled, unrivaled, you know, getting getting to watch, especially those big event films, you know, Infinity War, Endgame, Star Wars films, just loads of films, you know, 917, Dark Knight, Dunkirk, all these films that we've mentioned. You need it. For, you need the cinema for that. And anyone who thinks that the cinema can die and that they can just live with things on, on screening, streaming, no, that's no. The cinema is beautiful and we need it. We need it in our culture. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the place where imagination just runs wild and it's just like, the place of like you know when dreams can happen yes uh and 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 thanks to our local cine world because god damn it i basically grew up there basically it's it's like where i learned everything there like from learning how to use the force to uh (laughs) yeah i learned i learned to speak at cine world yeah like you learned how to like make friends or like with cinema like or life like, like films give you some well some films give you life important like important lessons like when i saw secret life of water mitty like oh yeah like that really uh thought about like how what, what was i what, what i want to do in life so yeah yeah brilliant um yeah so, so we'll we'll roll out let's do a little bit of viewing um you wanted to talk about Infinite Crisis? So, um, so I started it. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a lot to talk about Infinite Crisis. Uh, um, right, so this is written by Jeff Johns, okay. uh, Infinite Crisis. And it covers a lot through... Um, and it, it links back to other uh, to the first crisis, to the first first ever crisis, crisis on the infinite earths. Yes. And uh, to this one, it's where uh, so it's after uh, crisis on the infinite earths, and it. So the story is: there's four um, people uh, that uh, are stuck into this crisis thing. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. And uh, let me, let, it, it's much better described on Amazon. So, uh, Infinite Crisis. Uh, 
because the blurb on the back was like, eh, eh, I don't have to explain it to you, mate. Yeah, I've, uh, so... I, I've, I've read the first, I've read, I've read Crisis and Infinite Earths, but I haven't read Infinite Crisis. So, four heroes trapped in limbo since the original Crisis on Infinite Earths are about to re- re- uh, reveal themselves. One is dying, one uh, wants to save her and restore the an entire world that vanished, and the other two seek unraveled power. The plan uh, they concoct is literally earth-shattering. <laughs> Get it? Um, and the world's greatest <laughs> superheroes uh, may, uh, may not be enough to stop their attempt to alter the very nature of reality. So this... Uh, Again, I said it's written by Jeff Johns, and that man is <laughs> like if you read the first crisis, um, Batman is just like standing there, just like, hey guys, yeah. So uh Oh yeah, uh, he's I, barely in it. Yeah, he's barely in it, like when he meets Flash, like when he's about to die. And this one's a bit more catastrophic because um and uh yeah, and I don't know what to describe it, but there's a lot of returning characters that you see, and and I, I really like it. So um, it helps me to understand more about more of the story. And I really love Crisis on Infinite Earths because that one was like very devastating, like with all, uh, all of the of the characters that uh, died, and and I really like Infinite Crisis that it was it was a bit more brutal, and it, it goes through a lot of. Um, stuff as well but i don't want to i don't want to spoil it too much but it's just like a lot of returning characters like oh right okay that's that's interesting um especially there's one character that really returned and i didn't expect this particular character to come back um so yeah and it just works really well because i'm just like wow i'm just a massive fan um of it um but yeah so uh did did you like infinite crisis on uh, infinite crisis <laughs> infinite crisis and infinite worlds and earths uh yeah yeah i did i, I definitely thought it was a lot it was like a it was it's like a, a bible of um of like so many different kind of like characters and everything coming together it was it, it was it was insane and i read it for for crisis and infinite earths uh the arrow uh crossover and it was yeah i, I really enjoyed it i think i would have liked focus on some particular characters more like batman but i did like it yeah yeah, yeah. Would I you would it... you recommend um Infinite Crisis? Yeah, yeah. Ah. I, I would recommend it. So um, yeah, it's 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 good. Uh, I wish there was more stuff, but it's quite insane the story. So yeah, but I'm really excited to read Final Crisis. So that is written by none other than um, what's his name? Oh, I forgot his name. Jim uh, Stalin. No, no, actually, uh, this is written by Grant Morrison. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison, you might have heard of him, like when he did those massive, massive books of like Batman, like the um, um uh, I might have, I might have heard, I might have heard about him, yeah, maybe once or twice. <laughs> yeah, 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 because, um, like. Uh, his stories uh, apparently are amazing. So, um, yeah, mm. so I'm looking forward to read that. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Tom? Well, I 
obviously cinemas are back so i went to um i'm, I'm i'll just give like i don't want to like talk about these things too much because not really much to talk about but i went to cinema this week um i watched raya and the last dragon which we'll be talking about next week on the podcast uh so you know uh, when it comes on disney plus so you can watch on disney plus um i also Yay! watched <laughs> Woo! i also watched those who wish me dead which is um uh, a film starring angelina jolie uh about a firefighter uh who's like uh, and and like her and like colleagues who are getting hunted kind of and and that was fine it was a very kind of like light and easy to swallow kind of like um bit of like action nothing really too special and then I watched my New York year which is kind of about like authors and trying to like be an aspiring thing in New York it wasn't like it wasn't necessarily coming back to cinema with a bang but it was it, it's good to be back I'll say that much it, it's it's it, it's good to come back and I'm excited for all the things coming up Honestly, um, I'll I'll roll this out into our intro actually outro actually. Um, we've got so much coming to cinemas and coming up on the pod. We've got yeah. um, as I say, Raya and the Last Dragon next week. Week after that is Loki. Week after that we've got Luca, and then and then Fast Nine, Black Widow, Space Jam Two, and then the Suicide Squad. There's loads of stuff coming out. It's gonna be great. Um, and yeah, thank you everyone for watching uh as always if you enjoyed leave a like subscribe if you want to see more we uh, just did army of the dead last week and as i say ryan last dragon next week and we are doing bad batch reviews we'll do two next week because we missed one this week because we're recording ahead of time uh as always if you want to email us or get in touch in any way uh you can email us at uh at gmail.com or follow or contact us at twitter or instagram at alsteinfilmpod i'm tom the boardman on twitter i am comedy john for you on twitter and yeah, I don't think. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, no. Uh, again, I'm very, very excited to go back to cinemas this week. Yeah. Uh, so after I've done my work, so I'm very, very. Well, have you excited. seen Have you seen Nomadland yet? No, actually, I'm gonna watch. Well, that. that's the, that's the cinema. I watched it on Disney Plus. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely say that's worth watching. The uh, Nomadland and Judas and the Black Messiah definitely worth watching at the cinema. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that as well. So. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, oh right, yeah. That's John. It you for forgot. Me. You forgot. John, you forgot to say your thing. The thing you say every every time. Because you've got to say it. What bat and bat and bat? No, you got to. You... <laughs> yes, I didn't hear but... you. I didn't hear you. Didn't you got to. You got to say stay safe. Oh, oh, stay <laughs> safe and uh, where, where, where you? Where, uh, please be safe, everyone. Please. Bat. Uh, bat. <laughs> Ah, I'm oh, sorry. That uh, has controlled over me. Ah, uh, right. So that's it. Yeah, please be stay safe uh, and uh, enjoy watching the cinemas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Have fun, everyone. Uh, and without further ado, take what you're given. Get nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>